Welcome to RiskWise, a show about money for Muslims, where you'll learn how to make smarter financial decisions without selling your soul. For the full experience, join us at no cost at riskwise.com. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Riskwise. Assalamu alaikum. This is Saeed. Welcome back. Great to be here. How are you doing, Ahmed? Good. That was my, my best game show voice. <laughs> how, did, how did I do? I'd say keep your day job. Yeah, not not quite Bob Barker. No, no, no. Or Drew Carey now or whoever. Oh, yeah, Drew. I haven't actually heard him. No, I stopped watching The Price is Right after grade 10. Yeah, same. Bob Barker grew up on him. Sick days for the win. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. It was a lot more interesting than uh, grade 10 algebra. Yeah. <laughs> I probably learned more math, too. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so today we've got a really, really good question. Um I'm a little bit nervous about it. I don't know about Saeed, but it's it's a good question. It's an important question. Um, and I think it really speaks to the crux of what we're trying to accomplish here at RiskWise. And you'll see why in a minute. Yeah, I don't think he held back. So just good. This brother Ryan left a comment on the episode titled Five Lies About Money That Are Holding You Back. Mm-hmm. And here's what Ryan said. Assalamu alaikum. I subscribed to this podcast thinking it would provide a good opportunity to learn about how to manage and invest money in an Islamic manner. That is, what to invest in, what to stay away from, etc. All of the tips, however, are geared towards an un-Islamic financial system. Take the compounding example, for instance. You mentioned that it can apply to non-interest-bearing investments, but give no example of how that is possible in the actual podcast. Mm-hmm. I would appreciate it if you can explain all of the things you mentioned from an Islamic viewpoint in future episodes. Perhaps I'm the minority, but I think it's disingenuous to market this towards a Muslim audience while giving financial advice that is not specific to Muslims who wish to adhere to a Sharia-compliant investing. I understand you're not shiuch, but perhaps you can bring a guest onto your show who can talk about what we can and can't do as Muslims in the modern financial system. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, Ryan. Yeah. Good question. Very good question. Honest, yeah. sincere. I completely understand where he's coming from. Let's let's tackle this piece by piece, Said. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Um, all right. So let's start with the easy one, which is um, we did not properly explain compounding. He's not the first person to give us that, or the only person to give us that feedback. So uh, I apologize. Obviously, we did not do a good enough job on this concept. Um, compounding is usually illustrated with interest. You're right. It's very uh, common to hear the phrase compound interest, compound interest together. Uh, but compounding doesn't require interest to actually happen. It's a mathematical concept. We usually, in the financial world, illustrate it with interest because it's just easier to visualize how that happens. And, you know, and it's, it's not just us. I think even Albert Einstein, one of his quotes is that compound interest is one of the wonders of the world. Correct. So even even, even he conflated compounding with interest and equated them to the same thing. But what what you'll see is that you know, it's compounding is a mathematical concept that is not restricted, restricted to interest. Yeah. I mean, Einstein uh, was alive and grew up during the years which interest rates were higher and, you know, there was a lot more uh, availability, not availability. There's a lot more uh, in, uh, interest. There's a lot more interest in interest bearing investments. Um, but compounding is just, okay. So well, let's, let's tackle one of the parts of this. What other kinds of income exist? 
out there other than interest? And how can that be applied? Well, as, so, a, th- as a throwback to our last episode, right, where we talked about uh, the two, the two, the only two investments that make money, which are equity and debt. Mm-hmm. The 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 typical income that is generated off of debt is interest, Correct. which is why we spend most of our time talking about equity. Right. On the equity side, there's two types of income that are produced. Yes. You've got dividend income. So if you buy a stock and then that company issues dividends, then which that's is basically income. which is dividends are basically profit share. Yeah, it's a pay shareholders. Out. Yeah, shareholders get to receive some of the profits in cash. That's a dividend. And then you've got capital gains, yes. which is the appreciation of that company, of that stock, of that security, uh, of the val- of the appreciation of the value of that company. Yeah. So if I buy a stock for five bucks and in a year it goes up to 10 bucks and I sell it, I made $5 in profit. That profit is the capital gain. And all of these kinds of income, whether it's interest, dividends, or capital gains, still follow the same rules of compounding. Dividends is an easy example. Let's say you were to buy a company that pays out a dividend, a share of profits to their shareholders. Well, those dividends can be reinvested back in the stock. And now you have that dividend. Because it was reinvested, you now have more of those stocks. So next time when a dividend is paid out, you're going to get even more than you got last time because you own more stocks. That is compounding in a dividend format. That's how compounding works. You receive income, you reinvest it, and then you get more next time because you reinvested your income. That's yeah. compounding. And it, it's not limited to stocks uh, by any means. Uh, you, you know, Compounding can be applied to purchasing precious metals. If you buy gold or silver or some, or some other resource, oil, <laughs> you know, as the price goes up, your participation in that uh, that appreciation of value produces a higher return year after year. Yeah, so let's say you buy something um, at $10. It goes up by 10%. Now it's worth 11 bucks. <laughs> then the next year, it continues to go up by 10% again. Well, you know, instead of making a dollar, you make a dollar 10, even though it just went up by 10% again. You got an extra 10 cents because... The starting amount, so in year one, starting amount is 10 bucks, goes up by 10%, it's $11. Mm. Year two, starting amount is now $11. Again, goes up by 10%. You now have an extra dollar 10 cents. So it's now $12.10 in total value. But that extra 10 cents that you received, even though your rate of return was still just 10, that extra 10 cents, that's your compounding. Because you continued to stay invested, that new higher amount grew better, faster, and it gets exponential over time. So the, the gains that you might see $1 in the first year, $1.10 in the second year, and then eventually it's $30, $40, $50, $60 per year at that same rate of return, per year. I think the difference between compound interest and other forms of compounding returns is actually kind of illustrative of, of, of why interest is prohibited. And this is by no means a Sharia, uh, you know, like scholar. And we're going to talk about why, why, yeah. why you won't hear Sharia opinions from us. No, but what I just, I think it's it's helpful for people to understand this. And I think this might be why there's confusion. Okay. Is that the the idea of you know making money on your returns and your returns increasing every year based on what you invested feels like interest. Oh. You see what I'm saying? It's like, well, like it's like I'm making money on money. 
And that's ultimately why what what interest is, right? Interest is making money on money. So you loan uh, money to somebody. Money, yeah. You loan money to somebody and you don't th- that's it. You didn't do anything else. You don't own anything. There's no asset. You just loaned money to somebody. The only contract that exists is a loan contract and you're making money off the off the the act of providing that loan. That's making money on money. That's interest, right? And yeah, and certainly that's that's prohibited. The difference here is that when we're investing in equity or companies or stocks or gold or precious metals or some kind of asset, the difference is that you own something. You're not just making money on money. You you own an asset that has appreciated in value and you are being rewarded for your ownership of that asset. Mm-hmm. And that is perfectly 100% legit. Right. Make sense? It does. So that's compounding. What about everything else he said? Um, okay. Do you want to narrow down a part of that question? Yeah. Well, I think there's a few. So, you know, I like this question because to be frank, Saeed and I have had these conversations before we started RiskWise and For even months. now. For months we had these conversations. And the question was, what, what value are we providing people? And what are they going to want to hear from us? And we knew going into this, we knew that people are going to be looking for a couple of things that we absolutely under no circumstances can we provide it. Right. And what are those two things? <laughs> so uh, we, I mean, I'm, I'm licensed to provide security, so I actually cannot provide investment advice publicly. In other words, I can't tell you on a podcast what stock to buy and sell. Correct. Now, there's two good reasons for that, right? One is that he'll lose his job. <laughs> <laughs> I'd basically and, be disbarred. My license would be revoked. Yeah, and we don't want that. Mm, and please. secondly, that's not the point of this podcast. Even <laughs> if Saeed was allowed to give investment, and actually I'm allowed to give investment. I can tell you what to buy. <laughs> I'm not going to lose my, I'm not a financial planner. I could tell you exactly what to buy. Go ahead. I'm not going to because that's not the point, right? There are other podcasts out there, other resources out there where, you know, you can watch uh, Mad Money with Jim Cramer and he'll tell you what to buy. And that's your problem if you want to listen to him, right? Didn't we address that previously? (laughs) Part of what we're trying to communicate to people and teach people is it's not about picking stocks. It's not about, you know, timing the market and riding the wave and, you know, having better stock picks than everybody else or having like, you know, like, you know, your friend that's got like the winning stock. Oh, this stock can't die. It's a penny stock, but it's going through the roof. And I've got some information, some intelligence that no one else has. That's a big load of bull, right? Yeah. That's a surefire way to lose money and lose your shirt in the process. And I think there are some people getting uncomfortable right now because they may be shaking their heads like, okay, if that's not how you do it, then how do you do it? I thought that was what investing was all about. I had that conversation all the time with young Muslims. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to get into that right now because that's that's what we're covering in like we're right in the middle of that. Right. So we've started talking about investing uh, on the podcast. We've done already a couple episodes on it and more to come. So we're, we're covering how to do it right. But I want to be clear. We are stopping short of telling you what to buy. OK. And we've covered why that is. Uh, it has to be that way. And it should be that way because that's not that's not the key to your future financial success. Yeah, and in in addition to that, I mean, when it comes to giving an actual product, giving an actual stock tip, uh, the reason we don't do that, the reason why I personally think it's unethical to do that out in the public sphere is because, I mean, I don't know 
you and what your needs are and what you're listening for and what kind of investments you need. I don't know how old you are. I don't know what your risk tolerance is. Um, and really like if I was to give you a portfolio of 15 different holdings and these are the things that you should go out and buy, well, that would be kind of it. Right. If that was all people needed to do to become wealthy, then everybody would be, would be wealthy. The stock picks are such a small part of your overall financial needs. And we don't know what you need. We don't know where you are. What region are you in? What country? What's available to you in your country? So for those reasons, I mean, we're a publicly available podcast for the world. Anybody in the world can download it. We just don't know nearly enough about who's listening to give you meaningful stock tips and it, doing so i think would actually be unethical and would unethical would be a disservice to you because i hope we've communicated by now that there's a lot that goes into the financial planning process before you start picking stocks and securities yeah and i hope that if you're listening that you've started from the beginning uh, of riskwise from the first podcast all the way up till here because aside from the ask riskwise series which is separate everything else is kind of forming a logical pattern that one builds off of the other so if we're referring to things and ideas that you don't know about then please go back and they're all there uh, on iTunes and on the website please do listen to them in order as much as possible because we do follow a logical flow yeah and i think we kind of touched on this in the last q and a episode but, you know, our objective really is to get you to a point where you can do one of two things. Either you can intelligently make these decisions on your own and do the analysis and do the homework. And there's a long road to get there and we're not done with you yet. Right. We've got mm -hmm. we've got a long way to go and we're going to be providing a lot more value and education on that front. Right. Or to get you to a point where you can engage a professional and have an intelligent conversation with that professional about your financial future and be able to choose the right one to suit your needs. Right. Because not every professional is, is the same. And I think that's probably the most valuable thing that we can do and, and most reasonable accomplishment that RiskWise can do. It's give you that power uh, to know what you should look for and what you should stay away from. And that'll be so empowering to, I mean, how many times have you gone to get your car fixed and, you know, or, or gone to get an oil change and the mechanic comes back and says, oh yeah, um, there's like five things here in your car that's wrong and need to be fixed now. And that's going to be about $3,000. If you don't know anything about cars, that's terrifying because is that mechanic ripping me off? Is anything actually wrong? Is just two things that are wrong? Is, is there, are they trying to swindle me? If you don't know anything about cars, it's terrifying. You don't have enough information to engage properly in the topic and in a conversation. I think RiskWise can get you to a point where you can engage in this topic intelligently if you decide to hire a professional for sure. Well, and that's a great analogy because the... You know, a lot of people do their research on cars before a purchase, right? They do their homework, they look at the specs of the car, reliability, reviews, reports, all that kind of stuff, right? But then when they buy the car, then it kind of, uh, sometimes it stops, right. right? The learning stops. And then next thing you know, the transmission goes and they're in with the mechanic and they're using all this terminology that they don't understand, right? right? So the same thing here is here. The same thing applies here that the burden of responsibility does not end if and when you hire a professional. Right. It's still on you. Like you may have hired somebody and you're paying them and that's great and hopefully they do their job well, but in the end it's your money, it's your responsibility. You've got to continue to learn how things work and understand what's happening with your money so that you can make the right decisions from now until the end. Yeah, man, it's important. Okay. So, finally, the Sharia argument. 
Yeah. Why? What about Sharia? Sheikh Ahmed Munawar, Mufti Ahmed, Tadi. Oh, keep going. I like these titles. No, I'm kidding. Um, Why okay. aren't you giving us scholarly advice and opinions about what is halal and haram and providing us with some fatwas too while you're at it? Um, because I don't have an ounce of gray hair, and that would be the only reason you could call me a sheikh. Um, that's <laughs> For the sure. non-Arabic, I've got, I've got a couple of gray hairs, but I'm not. I'm not quite there yet. For the non-Arabic speakers, sheikh means old man, really, literally translated. Yeah. So, you know, go back to episode one. I think we've kind of covered this um, mm -hmm. a little bit, at least in episode one. We're not scholars. Uh, that's almost like laughable to make that statement because you know <laughs> us, it's obvious that we're not scholars. Yep. Um, we're not people of knowledge and we are not going to be, um, you know, we don't want to, we, we don't want to provide you with Sharia advice that is misguided or that is inaccurate or is not our place to say. That's the bottom line. It's it's not our place to say, right? So yeah, and, and can I just say one thing really quickly? The kind of you know, maybe it's a little personal, but you know, Ahmed and I, it, it, we're not scholars. Absolutely, we're not slouches either. I mean, we kind of know a little bit about Islam, thankfully. But both of us do not appreciate. Well, maybe not say that statement. I don't appreciate um, some of the online. Um, scholars or people who are assumed to be scholars like YouTube sheikhs who don't have qualifications themselves and I don't want to resemble that kind of an attitude where I'm you know portraying myself as something but I don't actually have the training for it well not just scholars I think in this space even in finance there's a lot of people that walk around who have credentials like you and me they're professionals but they're 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 handing out Sharia advice left oh, right yeah. center yes and we don't want to be that guy because we don't believe that that's appropriate. We believe that Sharia advice should come from Sharia scholars, people that have knowledge and are qualified to make these kind of verdicts, and we defer to them. Yeah, people have dedicated their lives to this topic, to the topic of Islam and fiqh and Sharia. Those are the people that we should be listening to. Not You don't want to be taking it from Ahmed and I. Ahmed and I, we're financial professionals, right? Ahmed's a former accountant turned marketer. I'm a continue to be a certified financial planner. My expertise is in financial planning, in money management, in wealth building and protection. That's that's what I know. That's what I'm here for. And I will be honest with you. I'm not a sheikh. You do not want to get your Islamic advice from me. You want to get that from the Islamic finance scholars. I mean, I'm hesitant to say your local imam because most likely they don't have the specific training in finance. But well, and I think that's that's really part of the problem here. And I I I, I empathize with this because I feel the pain myself. Is that people don't really know where to go to get mm -hmm. these answers. And I feel like because we're we're on the topic and we're in this space now, they're looking to us. And I can understand why that is. Yep. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, that's that's just not our place. And and I think that Brother Ryan um, makes a really important point here that we should address. He said, I think it's disingenuous to market this towards a Muslim audience while giving financial advice that is not specific to Muslims who wish to adhere to Sharia compliant investing. So let's debunk that for a minute. OK, right? so we're not giving you Sharia advice and we're not scholars. And when it comes to what's halal and haram, you've got to get that from people that are qualified to give those verdicts. Mm -hmm. What we are doing is we are a couple of Muslim guys who are financial professionals who understand how this work and who I think we can say are, you know, religiously observant. Yep. And we understand where you're coming from. We understand your restrictions. We understand your constraints. We understand your beliefs. We know what you're dealing with and we can provide you with practical financial advice that respects your beliefs 
and upholds your values. That's what we're here for. And there's a lot, if you've been listening to us sequentially so far, I think you'll realize that there's a lot that surrounds the topic of money that has nothing to do with stock picking and has relatively little to do with Sharia compliance or fiqh. There's mindsets about wealth, mindsets about money, mindsets about spending that are baseline required knowledge for every human being on this planet, regardless of your race, religion, or creed. I, and, I'm glad you said that because I think, you know, some people might listen to a certain episode and ask themselves, well, what's Muslim about this? You know, if you think back to like the budgeting episode, for example, right? right. Oh, yeah, for sure. What's Muslim about budgeting? Well, you're right. There's nothing Muslim about budgeting. It's just budgeting, right? So, like, we're not going to force an Islamic perspective into a topic that doesn't doesn't require to be contextualized in that way. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, when we talk about goal setting and intentions, if you listen to those episodes, you would you would have heard a lot of an Islamic perspective in those episodes because the purpose of this exercise, why we make money, what we do with our money, that's where our values and our beliefs as Muslims really comes into play. Not right. so much in the mechanics of how you set up your spreadsheet and what categories you set for your budget. <laughs> yeah. And it, to put that in other words, I mean, Muslims, we are all still human beings. And human beings have a lot of shared needs, goals, and requirements. And the topic of money and personal finance, a lot of this topic is not going to be Muslim-specific. It is something that Muslims need to know. And from my personal experience and Ahmed's personal experience, we can probably say pretty confidently that Muslims do not know this. We stay away from this topic because when we listen to uh, people who are not Muslim talk about this, they will use words and themes and goals that we just don't agree with. You know, getting rich for the sake of getting rich, having wealth just for the sake of being opulent and excessive. Those aren't values that we ascribe to. We're not here just to chase money and chase the world and chase dunya. So we don't ascribe to the those perspectives. So when you hear that from other financial professionals who are not Muslim, it's a, a turnoff. And I understand that. We also don't engage in a lot. Like you're not going to hear Ahmed and I recommend that you go out and buy interest bearing investments. You're not going to hear us recommend that you, you know, go out and get a mortgage for, you know, whatever, $10 million, $2 million house or get a mortgage and, and pay interest. We're not going to uh, uh, recommend that you do those things. And when you hear them from other professionals who are not Muslim, it can turn you off. And I understand that. So We're trying to bring this topic, this very much needed topic of money management and wealth management to a Muslim audience, understanding your cultural and religious background and making this contextualized to you. That doesn't mean that every topic is going, that we are going to quote ayah and hadith for every topic, because that's not what's needed to make our point. Yeah, well said. I think let's, let's close on that point. I like the way that you, you had framed that. The only thing I'll add is that, you know, this this may not be for everybody, and that's okay. I mean, like, I know there's some people that are just looking for, well, they're just looking for stock picks. Yep. Right? They just want to know what, like, the latest hot investment is. And if that's Sorry. you, I mean, I, I would challenge why that's what you're looking for. I think you're yeah. looking for the wrong things. Absolutely. But, but maybe you've got everything else in order, and that's that's where you're at, and, and good for you. There's not much I can do for you here. But if, if, you're, if you're not at that stage... And I don't think many people are. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think so either. Then I think there's a lot of value here for you, and I hope you'll stick with us and shall benefit from it. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Cool. Thanks a lot, Saeed. Until next time. All right. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum.